You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to this week's session of Healthcare Insight. We've covered a lot of material in the first couple sessions, so I'm really excited about today's session, and I hope those of you who have been following us along from the beginning are equally excited to get more details about what it is that we're talking about, this whole idea of creating a strategy for private free market health insurance. Not an academic, not a think tank discussion, but a practical solution for what those who are interested in free markets can actually use to help in any election that they have, to counter those who want to have socialized medicine. And that's true at both the state and the federal level. Somebody needs to finally speak up and give the public an easy-to-understand, simple solution to health insurance that will lead to better health care. We've described the difference between health insurance and health care previously. Health insurance is how you finance health care. Health care are the services you get from your doctors and hospitals. But without health insurance... There is no door to access good health care. It's very expensive to pay for out-of-pocket. Very few people can do that, get health care without health insurance. So the whole thrust of what we've been talking about, how do we start the process of real health reform that health helps Americans? There's 200 million Americans with either private health insurance, that's about 175 people with private health insurance, either through their employer or individual purchases. And there's another 28.5 million people who are still uninsured. They don't qualify for any other government program like Medicaid or the VA system, TRICARE. They are simply uninsured. They can't afford any kind of insurance, even government-subsidized insurance. They need to find a job with an employer that provides health insurance. Many of those people who are uninsured are what I would refer to as the working poor. That's the market that we've been trying to focus on to give some ideas, both to the general public of what they should support, what they should encourage with their elected officials, things that they can look for in their own lives to get better health insurance. And we're going to get much more specific about what employers should be doing, what employers can be doing, and what individuals can and should be doing in their own lives for better health and health insurance. But it's about time that I describe exactly why I put together this podcast, this video series. Why in the world do we need to do this? Well, I laid out a call for action in the first session, but I want to get a little bit more personal here. What is it that caused me? I'm a retired partner from PricewaterhouseCoopers. But I love this area of health insurance. I love this country and want better health insurance and better health care for its people. It's my mission, my retirement mission. There's a book called Halftime that says when you retire, try to find some missions in life that allow you to go from success to significance. Whatever level of success you've had, and I've been very blessed I want to take that experience, those things that I've been prepared to do, and try to find them in a mission orientation. Well, this is one of my missions, trying to solve the uninsured problem with free market solutions. So I want to talk about the title that I've given to this. 
even before we get into the nitty gritty, into the weeds of how this thing would work, because it's actually pretty simple. But things that are simple for the general public sometimes have more details behind them that are handled by the experts, handled by the structure and the system that's put in place. So I've done all this out of some frustration with the Trump administration and congressional Republicans who seem unable to develop and coalesce around a coherent alternative to the core of Obamacare, health insurance reform. You know, the president a while back said that he wanted to make the Republican Party the party of health and health care. But then a couple of days later, he said, well, but we'll have to wait till after the 2020 election to tell you exactly what it is. I don't think that works. I think the Democrats have a huge lean on the health care issue. Republicans have a huge lean on the economic issues. But it's already been described in the previous programs we've had. But the surveys show that because the economy is doing so well, people tend to move towards other issues. They want to move towards something that's not solved. And that one big thing that's not solved in our economy is health insurance and health care for the broad mass populations who want it and need it, those with pre-existing conditions. Now, the Republicans use, and the president uses, the idea we're going to cover pre-existing conditions, but he doesn't tell anybody how, what that structure is going to be. So out of that frustration, I've put together this material that I've been talking about the last several weeks, and we'll talk about in the next several sessions about how to actually create a national system that covers the health care for people with pre-existing conditions but does it in a free market, doesn't do it with an Obamacare-like program where government takeover and government influence and government involvement in our lives. Now, I've got a name for this, and I've actually written a book, but the book is free and it's online free. But I wanted to get some people's attention. How do you cut through the mass of all the information that's out there? Everybody's got some thoughts, some opinions. How do you cut through all that and kind of get people to sit up and pay attention? And at least out of curiosity, ask, what are these ideas all about? How do I break through that? Well, one way is this podcast. America's Web Radio is a great platform that puts out podcasts, videos on YouTube, gives much more visibility to people who are looking for health and healthcare ideas and are interested in this space. So that's why I've joined up with America's Web Radio. It is a great platform. Well, the material that we're going over is, is in this book that I talked about, and I've given this whole concept a somewhat controversial name, admittedly controversial, just to break through the cloud of so many different ideas going around that haven't gone anyplace but how do you break through and maybe stand out? Well, I call all of this MAGA Health. M-A-G-A Health. MAGA Health. And I use it to grab immediate attention. So I've got a book called MAGA Health. It's free online. Go to www.magahealth.net and the whole book will be there. Many of you can read ahead some of the concepts that we're talking about. Many of you can go back and either listen to the podcast, watch the videos, or go and read the book. The early chapters are some of the things that we've discussed so far. So I used a potentially provocative title 
to get that first glance from those interested in conservative ideas and others who may just be curious about the title. Now, of course, MAGA stands for Make America Great Again. But there are no implications in any of this material that I present in the book or any of these other broadcasts that the pre-Obamacare health insurance was a great system or showed America its finest. In fact, it lacked many features of a free market. We've never had a true health insurance free market, certainly not before Obamacare. And here are the features that lacked pre-Obamacare. One, consumers were powerless when seeking to purchase coverage from insurers. All the power was with the insurers. Two, insurance restricted which provider services patients could access. Three, the cost and quality information were non-existent. Four, individual consumers had little or no power to negotiate premiums or understand why they might have been rejected for health insurance coverage. And fifth, the limited competition among insurers restricted consumer coverage alternatives, plan choices, innovation, and pricing competition. So in all these discussions, all this material, there is no intent to revert to that system. MAGA Health proposes a new health insurance system that is consumer-driven and patient-centric. Now, some listeners and readers of the material might be surprised that MAGA Health includes some of the most popular features of the Affordable Care Act, such as, one, guaranteed issue of insurance, two, coverage of pre-existing conditions, three, dependent children coverage to age 26, four, unlimited lifetime maximum, five, comprehensive major medical insurance coverage. As we've described, most people confuse health insurance, which is what we're talking about here, and health care. While they are intertwined, as we've discussed before, health care is how one receives services from medical providers, and health insurance is how one finances medical services. Keep in mind that at its core, Obamacare was about expanding Medicaid and controlling the private health insurance market with bureaucratic regulations and federal mandates. A negative interaction arises when health insurance limits access, restricts treatments, denies coverage, or unnecessarily intervenes between the patient-provider relationship and controls the delivery of provider care and treatments. Federal and state Republican elected officials must agree on and coalesce around a private health insurance reform. So come on, after all of this is said and done, MAGA Health is an example of how conservative principles can work. Everybody thinks about, well, how do we make this work in a private market? You know, it's real easy for those who want government control to just create more bureaucracy in Washington, D.C. That will tell us all what we need, when we need it, how we need it, how we're going to pay for it. Both Republicans and Democrats, they know how to legislate. They know how to create bureaucracies. 
what we've suffered from in the last couple of years is we don't know how to create a free market. If the Republicans cannot unite, then surely this country will head in the opposite direction towards socialism, Medicare for all, or federal single-payer system. Those are not good systems, but if the Republicans can't hold up an alternative, the media and the Democrats in particular will just say, well, what else are you going to do? And without an answer, the only answer is what they'll have. That's what they did with Obamacare. They said there are no other alternatives except Obamacare. We didn't put up, those of us believe in conservative free market principles, we didn't put up an alternative, and we lost to Obamacare. We cannot do this again and lose to any kind of a socialistic system, government takeover, Medicare for all, or single-payer system. So continue to listen to this. We're going to take a break right now, go to commercial. We're going to come back, and we're going to start to really delve into the details. I'm looking forward to your continued participation and understanding of why we need something so important, and we're going to build it together. So we'll be right back with America's Web Radio. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Healthcare Insight on America's Web Radio. There are several really important questions for anybody looking at these concepts and how do we make it real. But maybe the most important question is why MAGA Health? And we're going to talk about how MAGA Health is designed. But the question of why has got to be on everybody's mind who really wants to get into this. How do you explain it to the general public? How do you, if you're an elected official, support the idea of why MAGA Health, now that I've used that name? And I don't really mean to politicize this, but I don't see how we get together at this point and develop a bipartisan solution. So why MAGA Health? Well, because MAGA Health builds on the current employer-sponsored and then more importantly, maybe employer-subsidized health insurance financing system. Americans prefer private health insurance. 71% of Americans are satisfied with their current employer-provided health coverage. That represents a 93% satisfaction rate for the 76.2% of Americans age age 0 to 64, non-Medicaid, non-Medicare Americans who get their coverage through an employer-sponsored employer-subsidized group plan. Now, we'd love to have more portable individual insurance, 
And MAGA Health builds on that, allows for that, supports that. But let's start where we stand today, and that is most Americans get their insurance coverage. For a lot of historical and tax-subsidized reasons that the government's encouraged in the past. But the reality is most people get their insurance through employer-sponsored group health insurance plans. Now, it's real easy for large self-insured plans to provide subsidized coverage. It's harder for that smaller, under-50-life group that's really starting up, maybe is stabilized in a local or regional market, is doing good business. It's harder for them to access good health insurance. But employer-sponsored self-insured plans, which are the larger plans, cover 60% of U.S. workers. These plans use insurance companies as administrators and processors of their claims, not as risk-bearing entities, not as risk-bearing insurers. So while we call them insurance companies, and they go by the same names of Aetna, Cigna, United, Humana, whatever, Blue Cross programs, they're not really acting as insurance companies. They're not really at risk for any high level of claims. That risk is borne by the employer, the employer will get some protection from what they call reinsurance, that if one individual claim is very large, then a reinsurance contract will pick up that very high level. Or they can get what's called aggregate insurance, so that if the overall group has a bad year, that the employer can get some protection so that that employer doesn't go bankrupt from some unexpected, very high group claim or individual claim. Now, these self-insured employers, on average, contribute over 75% of the cost of health insurance for their employees and their family members. Isn't that a much better way to subsidize health insurance than government subsidies, which include tax monies? Have the employer subsidize. They they will subsidize, on average today, 75% of the cost of health insurance. These self-insurance plans have been able to avoid much of Obamacare because they are mainly regulated by a different set of federal laws. Without getting too far into the details, they're controlled by what's called ERISA laws, which are different than fully insured plans, which are typically covered both by Obama and by state regulations. Self-insured plans are not covered by state regulations. That's why a nationally-based company with employees in all 50 states even can provide a uniform plan that doesn't violate individual state laws, restrictions, and mandates. They're not covered by those state laws, restrictions, and mandates. They're covered by a federal law called ERISA. And on that critical issue of pre-existing coverage, self-insured plans have always covered pre-existing conditions with minimal restrictions. So basically, you're being covered by pre-existing conditions if you're in a large self-insured plan and you or a family member has got a pre-existing condition. All working Americans should have access to affordable, employer-sponsored health plans. Unfortunately, many small, fully insured plans do not offer such coverages with employer-subsidized premiums. This is the critical issue as 40% of American workers are in small businesses or are self-employed. Nationally, less than three in 10 businesses of less than 50 employees offer health insurance benefits. 
So this whole idea that we're developing in this series of podcasts and videos, this whole idea of MAGA Health, well, MAGA Health focuses on small businesses and the 28.5 million uninsured families that are in low income, that are low income families and have at least one worker in the family. Now, we know that the individual mandate failed because Obamacare tried to force young people into buying insurance they didn't want. They tried to increase younger people's premiums in order to pay for the older folks' premiums. And Obamacare mandated that premiums for older folks cannot be more than three times that of younger folks. All sounds great at first, but that's not the reality. Older folks actually cost five times more. So you raise the premium of young people in order to lower the cost for older people. And then for the younger people, Obamacare was to provide subsidies for younger people who are also typically lower income earners. Well, all that sounds great at first. But let's take that younger person. To cover expected claims, the total number of the total premiums must be the same, even if Obamacare cannot change Mother Nature and try to make it a three to one cost ratio versus a five to one in reality. So what happens is that, let's take an example. Let's say there are $6,000 of claims and you only have two people involved. How do you cover the $6,000 in claims? And let's forget about administrative expenses, insurance expenses, and all those sorts of things. Let's talk about just the claims part. Well, to cover $6,000, you would typically, under the real world assumptions, the expected level of claims would be about $5,000 for a person age 60 or so, and $1,000 for the person age 20. So $5,000 and $1,000 gives you the total cost of $6,000 that would cover the claims. That's a 5 to 1 ratio. Age 60 is 5 times the age 20. 5,000 versus 1,000. So what did Obamacare do? Obamacare said you can't charge 5000 and 1000 You can only have a 3 to 1 ratio. So what you do, you lower the 60, age 60 premium from 5000 to 4500 And you increase the age 20 from 1000 to 1500 So you now have the $6,000 in expected claims covered by $4,500 from the person age 60, and $1,500 from the person age 20. Those two numbers together add up to the same $6,000 with the 3 to 1 relationship between age 60 and age 20. Sounds great. Get the same premium, cover the same claims from the insurance company's perspective. They're perfectly fine with it. But what about that person age 20? You just raise their premiums under Obamacare from $1,000 to $1,500, a 50% increase. Well, they didn't like having to pay $1,000 pre-Obamacare, and now you're going to charge them $1,500 under Obamacare? That is the core of why Obamacare failed. I know I gave throughout some numbers, and for the many of you out there who don't like to hear numbers or are not number savvy, I hope I was clear enough to point out the fact that the core of Obamacare was this idea of let's charge young people more to pay for older people. And the example I just showed, showed that people age 20 and in that age range, younger people, are not going to pay 50% more 
on a premium that they didn't like to begin with. So it's no wonder they avoided Obamacare. Now, the way Obamacare tried to force that age 20 person to pay a 50% higher premium was to provide for an individual mandate under the law that said, you have to do that or we will penalize you. Well, the young people said, go ahead and penalize me. I'd rather pay a small penalty than have to pay $1,500, an extra $500 that I didn't really want to pay to begin with. So the individual mandate was the linchpin of Obamacare and the reason it ultimately failed because people just didn't want to pay for that individual mandate. They didn't want to pay the penalty. And so ultimately, finally, the Trump administration got rid of the individual mandate. So now young people are going to be penalized, but they still don't want to buy the higher cost of Obamacare. Because while the individual mandate was eliminated, the three-to-one ratio was not eliminated. Now, let's go back to that self-insured arrangement, because this is why MAGA Health is important, why we need it. Basically, Obamacare did not anticipate the growth of self-insurance plans to avoid many of the Affordable Care Act mandates. Self-insured employer plans are explicitly exempted from some of the Obamacare mandates. Self-insured plans are not required to provide coverage with a minimum essential benefits. They have much more flexibility around plan design. They are not required to participate in risk in a risk adjustment system. They are not subject to single pool standards, and that's really critical. The single pool standard is also what kills the small market and the individual market. And the large employers on self-insured are not subject to that crazy three-to-one pricing compression, as we described, and other rating man- uh, mandates. They're not subject to the medical loss ratio mandates that require insurance companies to pay out so much of the premium in claims and ignoring the fact that some of those administrative costs actually go to help change behaviors and lower the overall cost of health care. So it's a very short-sighted view of health insurance when you have a restriction on the medical loss ratio. Also, self-insurance plans are not subject to the review of any premium increases because you're basically charging the level of costs that an employer is actually facing. And each employer could be different, an old group or a young group, a healthy group, a not healthy group, the employer doing other things to help assist employees in good health and health care decision-making. And they're not subject to the annual insurance fee that started in 2014, for fully insured plans. And there were a number of pre-Obamacare benefits of self-insurance plans that were retained. Obamacare didn't get rid of them. Self-insurance plans are not subject to state premium taxes. They're not subject to state coverage mandates. And they're not subject to insurance reserve requirements. So Obamacare just exacerbated the differences and cost implications between fully insured and self-insured plans. Obamacare unwittingly expanded the reasons for employer-sponsored plans to adopt self-insured or self-funded health insurance plans. So guess what? Now health insurance plans aren't offered just to large employers. They're being offered to plans as low as two lives. And we'll talk about how and why that's occurring after this next break. On America's Web Radio, we'll be right back. Last week, my party chief said he wanted to go someplace he had never been before. So, I took him to the rear property line. 
Sound familiar? Are you tired of trudging all the way to the back of property lines? Why not take the steps to become a crew chief instead? Or even better, why not become a professional land surveyor and see your name stamped on that final survey? The Nettleman Institute of Land Surveying Engineering Technology is your next step. At NYSET, we believe you are the future of surveying, and we want to do everything we can to help you succeed at becoming a professional surveyor. NYSET offers the only online one-year certificate of land surveying program that includes all books, fees, and expenses in one simple price. Visit LandSurveyCareer.com to stop trucking through the mud and step into your future today. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Healthcare Insight on America's Web Radio. We've been talking about Obamacare and a new approach to changing the market entirely to using free market health insurance, using what I've called MAGA Health. I hope that gets some people's attention, some curiosity, but let's dive deeper into the why of MAGA Health. We mentioned before that Obamacare is suffering from the premium death spiral, the actuarial death spiral, as we call it. Well, we just talked about self-insurance in the last segment and how self-insurance is being used down to groups as few as two lives. Well, that's almost unheard of. When I first got into this business many years ago, you had to have a 1,000 employees in order for the employer to take on the responsibility of health claims with the insurance company acting only as an administrator, not as a backstop for if claims got very high, then the insurance company was doing the pooling of many employers to level out the risk. Well, these new products that have developed because of Obamacare's craziness are known as level premium plans. So if you're an employer with a young, healthy group that can go through some basic underwriting risk selection process, the group can avoid a lot of Obamacare. The underwriting process, which is eliminated under Obamacare for fully insured plans under a traditional approach of insurance, is still allowed if you are self-insured. And the reinsurance companies that are providing these protections for large individual employee claims or large family member claims to these groups as low as two lives. They're allowed to ask questions. So that if somebody is really unhealthy, has got a pre-existing condition, then those level premium plans wouldn't have to accept you. So you stay in Obamacare, so only the healthy lives are sort of moving out. So with these new financing and plan designs, employer-sponsored coverages have kind of morphed into a combination of reinsurance products that mimic self-insurance close enough 
to qualify for the exemption from Obamacare. Obamacare folks putting together that regulation really didn't understand the difference between insurance and reinsurance. Insurance is sort of the frontline insurance company. Aetna, Signe United, Blue Cross, they provide insurance. But when you're going self-insured, as large employers have been doing for many decades, you can get the protection against individuals having large claims or even your entire group having a very bad year. Those protections are referred to as reinsurance. Not insurance, but reinsurance. Many of you may be familiar with the company named Lloyd's of London, which is sort of the famous reinsurance company that would take on high-risk accounts. Very different than insurance, which, is, again, is the frontline insurance company. So if you push the frontline insurance companies to the side and you use them only as administrators, you can then contract with reinsurance companies like Lloyd's of London, and that makes you a self-insured plan. So if an employer-sponsored group later experiences high claims, that group can simply shift from guaranteed coverage for pre-existing conditions under Obamacare. In other words, if you go to these level premium plans, you're a small group and you become um, self-insured and avoid much of Obamacare, but then later on you have horrifically high claims, your reinsurance premiums will go up and maybe make it unsustainable to stay as a self-insured plan. Well, what do you do then? You've gone to self-insured to avoid Obamacare. Now you've got very high claims. Well, the avenue that they take is to go back to Obamacare, which has got some government subsidies, or to go back and remove insurance entirely and have the individual members of your small group have to go to the exchanges to get government-subsidized care. Well, that means only the worst cases are staying in Obamacare. Only the worst cases are coming back to Obamacare. All that, along with removing that individual mandate premium, is what's causing Obamacare to die. It is at the end stages. There's not much longer. So the healthy individuals and groups are opting out of Obamacare, and the less healthy healthy ones are left accumulating in or returning to Obamacare. This leads to Obamacare's higher and higher premiums that we're going to see over the next several years, and we've already seen over the last few. In the actuarial world, this is known as a premium death spiral. So, we're now beyond repeal and replace. We can't just repeal without having a replacement that is substantially different that provides for free market private health insurance. Republican challenge is no longer let me make it clear, is no longer just to repeal and replace Obamacare. We are beyond that point of no return. We are beyond the Tea Party opposition to government control of health care. We are beyond the anger of the 2010 to 2016 elections and the lie that if you want to keep your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you want to keep insurance, you can keep your insurance. We are beyond the lie that the Affordable Care Act will reduce premiums by $2,500 per family. What a bunch of hokey that was sold to the American public by our very highest elected officials, including 
President Obama. Most Americans are now facing the dire prospect of a failed Obamacare with no acceptable alternative. Americans are worried that under a Republican plan, they will not be covered for pre-existing conditions. That is totally false if we can just get Republicans to coalesce around the concepts of MAGA health. Republicans will be blamed when all this failure comes to pass. Republicans must face the reality that Obamacare is finally dying of its own inherent flaws and inadequacies. And Republicans will be blamed by the media for failing. They will say Republicans failed to address the issues to improve Obamacare, and they never offered a viable alternative. Unfortunately, there's some truth to these accusations. Since the passage of the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, in 2010, Republicans have been long on slogans and general concepts, and too short on specifics for a plan to repeal and replace Obamacare. The last attempt to repeal Obamacare in 2017 failed mainly because Republicans in control at the time of both the House and the Senate failed to develop a plan through regular legislative order. A small group of legislators unveiled a plan without committee debate or open public discussion. Senator John McCain objected to the process and cast the killing no vote with his famous thumbs down. To pass any bill, Republicans must listen to the American public, develop a common vision, have a specific plan, debate it openly, and structure legislation and regulations that create a private market alternative to the Affordable Care Act. That's what MAGA Health will do as a starting point. I'm not saying MAGA Health and everything we're describing here is the final answer that should come out. What I am saying is, is that it is a basis on which Republicans can build, and they can modify, they can change, they can listen to public debate, they can have input from across the uh, political aisle. All those things can be done to improve the concepts that we're talking about. I'm not smart enough to have all the answers. I've got a framework that I've developed with Republicans in the past, with Newt Gingrich, with Paul Ryan, with other elected officials in Washington, I've just kind of put it all together at this point in time because it's now time to actually make the changes that are needed. So to avoid that avoid that inevitable blame game and the coming vacuum for affordable coverage, Republicans need to pass legislation and regulations establishing a viable private health insurance market that includes the publicly supported positives of Obamacare, that is things like guaranteed issue, coverage of pre-existing conditions, and coverage of children to age 26. Republican challenges clear. Establish a private insurance system that provides a viable individual market and expands employer-sponsored health insurance, especially for the 50 and fewer fully insured employer-sponsored groups. The main need for this reform, keep in mind Obamacare was mainly about insurance reform, not about health care reform. The main need for insurance reform is creating a viable private market for affordable, fully insured small groups, generally under 50 lives, and individual policies. So what are the takeaways from this segment? Let's just give a summary because this is so important. 
Plan members have a 93% satisfaction rate with employer-sponsored health insurance. The linchpin individual mandate has failed and in 2019 was removed from law. Employers are avoiding much of the burdensome Affordable Care Act mandates by self-insuring as low as two lives. Obamacare is in an actuarial death spiral, and the ACA is beyond repeal and replace. Obamacare's is the dying of Obamacare will be blamed on Republicans. There is no doubt about that at this point. It is going to happen, and elected officials better be prepared, and that's what MAGA Health is all about. So as we begin to move into the next section, we're going to get into the weeds. I know some of you have been wanting to get into the weeds for the last several sections, but it's really important to create that foundation of understanding, that call to action to try to motivate both ourselves and our elected officials to do something different and to do it now. It has to be done now. We can't wait till after the 2020 election. So we're going to talk in this next segment about what is MAGA Health and how does it work specifically. How do we go forward with the concept of MAGA Health? Well, I'll just give you a preview. There's an old Wendy's hamburger commercial that famously asked, where's the beef? Well, next, what we're going to do is answer that question with regards to MAGA Health. So let's take our next commercial, and we'll get back to Healthcare Insights on this terrific platform called America's Web Radio. If you want more information on this or other programs, go to americaswebradio.com and you'll find all sorts of information about health care reform, health insurance reform, and obviously segments of this program going back to its very beginning a couple weeks ago, Healthcare Insights. Look forward to your thoughts and comments, and we'll see you back here for the next segment of Healthcare Insights. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Want to ace your upcoming survey exam? The NLC Prep Combo has everything you need to help you crush your upcoming FS, PS, Florida PSM, California PLS, or Texas RPLS exam. 
combos include a full-length practice exam book with the same number of questions and category types as the actual exam, a pre-programmed HP 35 with 17 programs to solve those time-consuming equations such as Kogo, Triangles, Traverses, and more in seconds. A complete online course is included that covers every topic of the exam with videos, workbooks, quizzes, and a full-length practice exam that simulates the computer-based format of the FS and PS exam. That gives you not just one, but two full-length practice exams to help fully prepare you for test day. Visit us at nlcprep.com for more information and let us help you crush your exams. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Healthcare Insight on America's Web Radio. I realize at the end of last session that I probably confused everybody about what the real title of these segments and these weeks of presentations around how to create a private healthcare system, what, what we even call ourselves. Well, I guess that's part of the startup issues of getting things straight out. The actual name that we've given for these segments is Healthcare Insight. Not Healthcare Insights with an S, but Healthcare Insight. Many times I'll say Healthcare Insights because I'm referring to the whole series of programs here, and I tend to use the plural for representing all of the Healthcare Insight segments. So if you're looking for anything uh, in terms of the assignments, the homework, uh, additional materials that I've talked about, you'd want to go for any of these segments to americaswebradio.com. If you want to read some additional information on the topics we're talking about, read ahead, understand what's going on in a little bit more detail, have a little bit more flavor and um, additional thoughts that can be presented to you there on www.healthcareinsight.net. So it's healthcareinsight.net without the S. So having cleaned up all that, let's move forward. Let's talk about some of the real details here of what MAGA Health really is now that we've laid the foundation. Well, MAGA Health guarantees coverage of pre-existing conditions. That's the number one issue that Americans are going to be voting on. If they believe the Democrats, as they've said over and over again, and they've been more protective and have a concept of Medicare for all that covers pre-existing conditions or of single-payer system where the government is going to cover everybody, they have a history and a background of going to Obamacare, which covers pre-existing conditions. So people will trust the Democrats on this issue. Republicans mouth those same words, but they haven't presented a model. They haven't presented an example of how they actually would cover pre-existing conditions. So they kind of use it as a bumper sticker, a slogan. But I don't think it's selling to the American people without some real substance behind it. That's what MAGA Health does. It provides the substance, a real policy description that's easy for people to understand. And we're going to go into that ease of explaining it if you're a politician if you're an elected official, if you're a government employee that's trying to implement or develop health care insurance policies, you'll have a better understanding over the next few minutes. 
Omega Health is a detailed health insurance reform plan that promises every American will have access to affordable, comprehensive major medical policies that will cover any and all pre-existing conditions. Now, MAGA Health, while it provides for comprehensive major medical policies, people want choices. So it also has choices. There's no one single, one-size-fits-all concept under the MAGA Health proposal. But if people need comprehensive major medical policies, if they want comprehensive major medical policies at an affordable price, MAGA Health will provide for that. So the details and specifics we're going to be going over very shortly. We're going to start today as the final session of this week's program, and we're going to get into even more details. So if you're really into the details as a policy wonk or just as a really interested citizen, I'm going to try to explain it in very simple terms if you'll stay with us and come back next week for some of those. But let's get into the details we can while we have a few minutes remaining. So the overriding promise is that MAGA Health will provide all Americans three options that guarantee quality, affordable health insurance. The first option is an application and acceptance by a participating insurer, whether you are an individual or you're a small group. And remember, while MAGA Health can cover the whole spectrum of large and small groups, the real emphasis here is on individual and small group. So if you make an application, to a participating insurer, and we're going to define participating insurers. Probably next week we'll get into details of how and why insurers will want to voluntarily participate in this program. So first you make an application and you'll get an acceptance. The second, if you are denied coverage by an insurer, but you're not truly uninsurable, we're going to set up a system where it can be reviewed. That rejection from an insurance company will be reviewed. And you'll get a certificate of guaranteed coverage. And you can go back to that insurance company that rejected you or to any participating insurers. And they will be required under this system to offer you insurance at an affordable price. So that's the second option. The third option is that you've been rejected after your application and you are truly uninsurable. You've had a heart attack, you've had brain injury, you've had any sort of debilitating issue that would make you uninsurable. Now, only about 2 or 3% of the population is truly uninsurable. So, But these people in the past have been shunted off into what used to be called high-risk pools. We kind of like go away. We're going to give you high-cost, bad coverage premiums. High-cost premiums, bad coverage, and it's going to cost you a lot of money if you even want it. But we kind of want to get rid of those people in the past. This approach of MAGA Health is the opposite. The people who are uninsurable have gotten diseases, accidents, impairments of one type or another, and they need the best support possible. They need the kind of support to stabilize their condition, hopefully to recover. But these are the people we need to be focused on. These are where some of the highest costs are. And as an example, a diabetic who is stabilized, who maintains their health, follows their doctor's orders, does the right things, is a whole lot less expensive than somebody who doesn't. You know, if you don't take care of yourself, you could go blind. You could have your foot impaired. You have all sorts of other conditions that will develop out of untreated diabetes. 
That's just one example. So we want people who need the most help to get the most help. They should have every service available that's out there for any large group, whether it's a Microsoft or an Intel or a General Motors. The people who have impaired health need best care possible and access to the best doctors and treatment. That's it. That's the simple one, two, three. Application get acceptance. Two, get a certificate of guaranteed coverage if you're rejected, but you're not really uninsurable. And third, if you're uninsurable, you're going to participate in this impaired health support group. Simple, direct, and easily communicated. There are no gaps in coverage. If you're going from a group to an individual policy, health insurance policies are guaranteed to be issued to anyone wanting coverage. No one is required to buy insurance against their will, but 100% of Americans will be able to purchase affordable health insurance. We're going to describe, as we get into the weeds, why it's going to be more affordable than we have today, why we're not reverting back to the pre-Obamacare underwriting system, and why we can really give and finance the Impaired Health Support Group. So if you want insurance, you will get a health insurance policy under one of these three options. I know it's hard to believe. It's easy to be skeptical. But let's continue on and discover how the details of MAGA Health really works. Well, under MAGA Health, empowering consumers will level that playing field and ensure access to guaranteed coverage for everyone to include coverage of any pre-existing condition. Again, they would be either directly accepting coverage by a participating insurer, provided a certificate of guaranteed coverage, or accepted into a subsidized impaired health support coverage. So here's how it works. You will make an application to an insurance company. And, and, and there's no standard for underwriting. Insurance companies have their own underwriting standards. Some reject lives that others would accept. So there's different levels of underwriting. Some want to be very strict, and some would call that in the past cherry-picking, taking only the best lives, and others take on more lives. Blue Cross Blue Shield, an example, typically in the past, in their history, took on more lives than other insurance companies. That's not necessarily true today, but that's their history, just to show there's no industry standard for underwriting practices. So you submit an application, what? This may shock some of you, but in the past, pre-Obamacare, under the underwriting that seemed to be so flawed, 88 to 89% of people who submitted insurance in, for insurance were accepted with acceptable coverage and acceptable premiums to both parties. So 88 to 89% are accepted under option number one. For those lives that are rejected, we're going to set up a new public-private entity that I call a health review authority. We need something to level that playing field to create an equalized balance of the application and the acceptance process so that it's not all one-sided on the insurance company. So the health review authority, a public-private entity, will review any lives that are rejected. If they are not determined to be uninsurable, they will be given a certificate of guaranteed coverage. And about 9 to 10% of people who are rejected are, in fact, insurable, and they will get a guaranteed certificate of coverage. For the 2 or 3% that are truly uninsurable, they will go in to the Impaired Health Support Group. That group needs to be subsidized. 
They're typically high cost, but not necessarily they're high risk, but not necessarily high cost if they're stabilized. But two or three percent of the population be put into an impaired health support group with all the services possible to help them get stabilized and hopefully again to be recovered from their condition. In this system, no individual or employer is mandated or required to purchase insurance. However, everyone has an option for affordable coverage. That first group covers 87 to 89% of the population. An individual or small group wanting fully insured health coverage can apply to any participating insurer, and they may secure mutually agreed upon coverage at discounted, standard, or experience rated or increased premiums. The second area, second option, about 9 to 10% of the population. If an individual or small group is insurable but is denied or unable to negotiate acceptable coverage at a fair premium, they can submit an appeal to the public-private mediator, this health review authority. If an insurance company's final offer is not considered reasonable by the health review authority, the individual or small group participant will be granted a certificate of guaranteed coverage. That certificate would include coverage for any and all pre-existing conditions. Third option, if an individual small group member is determined by the Health Review Authority to be truly uninsurable, that individual would be provided coverage options that include a comprehensive major medical plan under a subsidized impaired health support group. So if we take our dollars, our tax dollars, and focus them on this group, it will be far less expensive than Obamacare. Well, unfortunately, we're at the end of our time. So please come back next week and we will delve into exactly the questions that probably are coming from your mind as I describe these three options. The devil's always in the details, but in this case, it's not a devil. It's really a silver lining on how we create a public-private system. So join us again next week on America's Web Radio at the same time, Thursdays at 11 o'clock, and we'll just continue this journey together and find out how we create a private free market system. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.